Guy Davis, blues man extraordinaire. <laughs> Welcome back on this virtual open mind. Uh, it is a delight to see you and to see you looking vivacious in, in the vivacious colors and spirit, Guy. Well, I wanted to keep up with the uh, energy of the show. Oh, well, thank you for that. Uh, welcome to Lisbon in New York City. Okay. A little bit of art decor for you. And where are you coming from today? Where are you zooming in from, Guy? I'm in Bronx, New York, up a little north of the George Washington Bridge, near the VA hospital, in fact. I'm in a nice housing uh, complex filled with people of all ages, lots of seniors, lots of young folks. And I got my music here in the apartment. That's why I keep saying during this pandemic. You got your music with you. That's all you need. Um, but even with the music, we hope to reunite in person in the near future. When we were last together, Guy, you were talking about the GOP getting high on Coke. Kokomo Kid, look up Guy's album um, and buy Guy's album because Guy is an American treasure. Um, if, if, the, if the GOP was getting high on Coke in 2015, 2016, what are they getting high on now? <laughs> I don't know, buddy, but you can make an awful lot of money because I don't understand what is going on here now. You've got an administration that almost took this country to destruction, I'm sorry to say, by not accepting uh, the practice of ringing in the new American president. Now, uh, remember, the GOP may be one thing, but uh, the Dems, all of us have to step up to the plate and remember what is important and why the Constitution is the valued document that it is. Well, yeah, we've got to know the genuine enfranchisement because there is a lot of dope out there. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a oh, lot of dopiness. Yes. Yeah. Dopiness and dope. I mean, just the way that the, 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 the Trump movement was intellectualized as a conservative cause when we know plainly it did not, it did not view to us as what we remember as American conservative from the last half century, right? When yes. we think of American conservatives, we, we didn't think of Donald Trump. Donald Trump hijacked the party, but I, I think of your song as most precocious in really describing that allegory, that, that moment in which the party was hijacked. Well, uh, <laughs> We've had four years to think about it, uh, yeah. now those four years are over. It's funny when you're talking about what intellectual and then the word Trump, there's a big oxymoron there. Right. People uh, seem to be high on power. Right. And since Trump uh, found himself to be such a powerful individual and a power-generating entity, uh, people have clung on to him. And I think that a lot of the Repub our Republican brothers and sisters have thought, well, if, when it's important, we'll be able to control them. That'll be fine. We'll, you know, just let us get in power. And they, not one of them once has been able to control Mr. Donald Trump. That is the past in a sense, right? Yes. We want to hear this next generation empowered in, in, in a different way, right? We empowered to enfranchise 
uh, empowered to, um, you know, bring about economic renewal and equity and fairness. Uh, but, but I can't help but think I, you know, I don't, I don't think the Republican faithful, the, the party line Republicans, you know, the, the, the U.S. senators, I still don't think they un- understand fully the Kool-Aid they drank to, to transform an entire American political party into, into a cult, but into a cult that's, that's designed to try to, to entertain. It's, it's, it's not, you know, and, and yes, to, to, to hurt people too, but it's the apparatus of that party is, is not about public service. It's, it's about not even the theater of the absurd. It's like the, the term that I've heard in respect to the pandemic is pandemicide. It was, it was <sighs> an absurdist theatrical pandemic. Yeah, you have something being acted out here. That is what is going on that the Republicans are allowing to be by allowing the name Trump to still have any power at all right. after this man tried to interrupt utterly the democratic process. Right. Um, well, yes, uh, the young people and the older people have to be vigilant. We got to understand that dissent does not equal sedition. But then we cannot let uh, those from Trump's side of the line control our narrative and take those words and uh, somehow get Nazism involved in it and the Klan and, and uh, white supremacy involved in it. Uh, no. Yeah. There has I, to I, like, be- I like to quote formerly Bob Barker or uh, Drew Carey now. Basically, Trump and Twitter and Facebook all these folks just said, come on down to the bigotry, the white supremacy, the Nazism. I mean, they said, come on down. And then they, you know, to the highest bidder was the, was the prize. I mean, look, let's hope that this new American president, uh, President Biden, and this new Congress uh, embrace enfranchisement through what would be the ultimate act of uh, – Patriotism, and that would be the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Mm. There you go. I'd like to see. Yes, um, you need though, that. That's where your statues need to be. That's where your monuments need to be. Um, let me let me ask you to step back from the politics. How have you been, guy? Alexander, I have been well, and that is thanks to people who are merciful to me in helping me learn how to use the internet to reach out and to be heard. I actually have been doing a live cast Facebook page every morning except Saturdays at 10 a.m. And I go on the uh, in, on Facebook under the name Kokomo Kid, and I call my show Coffee with Kokomo. It's a half hour. I sing a couple of songs. We uh, talk a little bit. Um and do other slightly crazy things, but I'm telling you, <laughs> it helps to make us feel just a little bit connected. Yeah. I don't yeah. do so well with isolation. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's getting to me too, even though I'm for a television host a pretty introverted guy, but I'm I'm up to my you know, up to up to here on introversion uh at the moment. So what's it like interacting with the virtual audience guy? It's hard to describe. 
It's like uh, when I would do a show months ago, I might look out at a large audience and feel just a moment of trepidation, but that's human. It's ordinary. But when, after I sing the first note, strum the first chord, I'm there. The show is happening. But online, sometimes you're worried, my God, am I, is anybody hearing me? If I push the wrong button, is the whole thing, am I going to blow up the whole internet? Uh, I'm scared. Um, let's just say, with a little time and a little help from friends, to quote Ringo Starr and a little help from my friends, I've managed to uh, keep a little flow of communication going. I get my texts and I send uh, Facebook messages, uh, you know, visual messages to people. What do they call it? FaceTime, whatever it is. I do that. And it's helpful. It's a big illusion, but it is very helpful. One of your most famous songs, Guy, is uh, a reminiscence about uh, being away too long. Um, and, you know, on the train to from, from concert hall to concert hall, um, you've had an opportunity to rekindle your roots at home over these past months, but you're, you're a man who is, who is out and about, uh, most, most of the time, show to show, traveling from one American city to the other late at night, nostalgic for home and family and mom. Uh, what's it like now having been secluded in effect for all this time? Uh, Alexander, I can only look at it, uh, I guess, in a limited way. I haven't had the opportunity to be lonely in terms of distance, but now I'm lonely in terms of isolation. But there is a blessing in it. It has forced me to do what I claim I am, to be a writer. And I have been writing and writing uh, songs. I've got a new CD that's going to come out in June. Uh, but I've written beyond that over this year. I've written stuff that won't even be on that CD. Uh, I call myself a writer, and now I've been challenged. But I, I do, I got one story, though. I recall riding the elevator months ago. I guess it was last, the beginning of last summer. And we'd already been isolated quite a bit. And on the elevator with me was a young African-American woman. And she had on sandals. And, you know, we had our masks on and such. But she had toenails that were painted cadmium yellow. Now, that's a very specific form of yellow known mostly only to artists. But it was it was so bright that I had to remark, and I usually don't speak to neighbors that I don't know beyond saying, hello, how do you do, hi, neighbor. Uh, I had to exclaim that her toenails were slamming. And then I looked at her and I said, you know, I don't get out much. And the both of us had a good laugh on that. Uh, it's though it's been isolated, though it's been difficult, it doesn't stop my sense of humor from trying to create ways to get over that and communicate a little bit. I joke with my neighbors how we all look like we're going back to rob the same bank. <laughs> they all know, you know, with these masks on. So, um, yeah. I, I still try to keep the situation as human as possible. 
Well, we both have our jackets on. It's it's time to justify the jackets and uh, listen to your soulfulness. And you are producing a new album that is forthcoming. And we will alert our listeners and viewers to that album. But is there something you might like to play before I get you horsed out on uh, just jiving with me? I wouldn't mind playing a little harmonica piece called I'm Gonna Shake It Like Sonny Did, as in Sonny Terry, that harmonica master. And this song happens to be about uh, a fellow who gets in a bit of trouble with some moonshine and gets arrested. But it's uh, let's just say it's sort of a, a fun adventure song. could live in the desert. I could crawl through the sand. I could swim in the ocean. Or walk on dry land. When it comes to making music, I'm the kid and I'm gonna shake it like Sonny did. I like to drink bourbon when I sing the blues, but I don't drink government whiskey. I drink that moonshine booze. Police come up, they grab my hand, said, boy, you got your ball and chain. rocket and fly up into space have all them aliens looking right down in my face when they find that rocket and they pop the lid I'm on jump out shaking like Sonny did Judge looked at me, said, boy, you doing time. He banged down his gavel, and he gave me 99. His wife spoke up, don't give him a bit, because that man shake it like Sonny did.
In the finest form, as always, uh, Guy, thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. They give me too much time alone. You know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, did any of the themes of this past summer, uh, and, and of course what we ought to call the necessary third reconstruction, the campaign for civil rights, um, the unfulfilled economic and social justice. Um, did that inform at all how you considered this, this newest uh, album that you're going to be releasing in, in uh, coming up in these next oh, months? Yes, it did. The extra time that we got to focus on social justice and voting rights and making sure that all votes were counted did, did give me time to think along the lines of themes that have been in me and now I think maybe we got a chance here. Uh, themes that deal with the border wall, not just per se, but in general, how we deal with it and uh, people being able to come into this country and earn their way into the country. Um, I haven't been able to go to Arizona in this past year, but I had gone there as the guest of a group um, that call themselves the Green Valley Samaritans who go out into the desert and occasionally intercept people who are trying to cross. We do not help them to get into the States, but we make sure that humanitarian aid and comfort is available, including water, snacks, maybe little blankets, things like that. And uh, occasionally we come across one of the places where we had set out water and such and either vigilantes or border guards shoot holes in the water jugs. And as I said, none of our efforts are designed to sneak anybody into this country, but we believe that humanitarian aid needs to be established and set forth. I uh, wrote a song that dealt with that and also similar themes that had to do with uh, what happened to the uh, Jews and Eastern Europeans uh, during World War II in and around Germany and Eastern, Eastern Europe. Uh, also refugees coming over from North Africa up into Europe. I've uh, got it all sort of in the same song. I have song uh, a song that deals with uh, a Palestinian mother and an Israeli mother singing about the same space, about the same piece of land and what their experiences are. This is all in the new album. This is will all be in the new CD, correct? New CD. Uh, yeah, it's not all political, but it's yes. It's not all political, but but what's the title? The title is Be Ready When I Call You. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> and is there is there a title track? Uh well that yeah, in fact that is? That, that's the name of one of the songs. It is Be Ready When I Call You. Um, and, and, um, I, I don't want to tempt fate. Uh, I, if you, if you want to play something from the new album, you're welcome to, if not, we will, we will wait and be in suspense for that, uh, to drop. 
I was going to say thank you very much for that thought, but at, for the time being, if I play something again on this presentation right here, it's not going to be from the Nui. We're it's gonna not going to be okay. So we're going to we're going to leave our audience ready to listen in when when that debuts. What was the most meaningful track from the new album that that you that you felt most connected to that you think maybe as we try to recover from this pandemic and return to normal life. Um, is, is there something that you think, wow, if someone listened to this track, it would maybe give them a little relief from the hardship. So many of us have experienced uh, psychological, personal, economic. Okay. That's a big question, but I'm going to try my best to answer that. Alexander. I, Describe briefly a song I wrote called Palestine, O Palestine. Mm -hmm. It is a lament for Palestine. It very consciously does not call for anyone's blood at all. But this song, in the process of a Palestinian mother singing to her child about the land that is around them, what goes on, and how it is being encroached upon by settlers, Second part of the song, a Jewish mother's talking about the same piece of land. And the end of the song is for them to sing their songs on top of each other so that they may be heard in harmony. And what this means to me is that I know that there is hope in a two-state solution. And it's got to be found. It absolutely has to be found. Yeah. Uh, by using music, which says this land is ours, and another mu piece of music that says this land is ours, to sing them together, there is harmony and counterpoint that hopefully will make us see it differently in human terms, where there is a hopeful, positive solution. Amen. Uh, this land is ours, and this land is yours, and that ought to be the American creed. It was sung. It was sung. It was. That was our aspiration. This land is your land. This land is my land. Um, just to close, Guy, given the challenge of this pandemic, at the very beginning, there were some um, entertainment telethons, uh, athletes, musicians getting around to try to bring the peace, you know, into our homes, uh, some tranquility and some support, um, support for our communities. And we also need support for our artists. Um, the, the question of you know, whether we can be resilient enough as a country to recover from this is, is a real, like you said, it's a really big one, right? Um, and, and, your music so effectively translates into social and political uh, motifs and leads us to a place where we can contemplate the potential for change. But seeing the generations of musicians as you have and being one from multiple generations, is there a way that, that we can operationalize the music for social reform that we, that we haven't done um, that, that still needs to be done, at least for this new age, for this new generation. 
is there a way to do that uh, when um, you know we're listening on so many different devices and platforms and in so many different states of mind to find some common ground where we can we can build a movement? Well, you like to ask ask the uh, easy questions, don't you? <laughs> I would like to uh, think in terms of my mentor and friend Pete Seeger who wrote songs that had to do with each and every one of us such as turn 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 to everything there is a season yeah. and a time for every purpose under heaven uh, I don't know I'm not very wise when it comes to platforms and electronic communication but I would like to think that as long as people are willing to sing the truth and to sing it out loud, that there will be ears to hear. As long as there are not necessarily fingers to a, to, to point and say, well, your parents are from a red state, so I don't want to look at you. I don't want to think about you or listen to you. And your folks are from a blue state. Who, who are you trying to rule? Um, I think we got to have something that emphasizes the only middle ground is that we're all human beings and we have to learn to live together on this planet. And we ain't going to get a bunch of chances, you know. <laughs> you look outdoors and you see what the Bible called the end of times. Well, I hope it ain't. I hope we're around next Saturday, you know. <laughs> but uh, let us not take for granted that which is around us. Um, I'm going to try to get not be too long-winded. Back when... Uh, East Germany fell, I think it was uh, 89, I believe it was. Um, what brought down that wall was media, was Western media. Right across the border in West Germany, television was broadcasting all about the world all over. In East Germany, they called this the Black Channel. I know these things because I actually visited East Germany in about the year 1980, or was it 81? I had a chance to look around and see things. Um, the media is what made that come down. Now we've got something even more powerful. It's still media, but it's internet, internet media. So we have great opportunity for exposure, and we have almost less control of it. So I don't know where the balance point is of all this. Because yeah. there are people who there will be people who sing songs about power for only one side and to bring down the whole other side. Yeah. So uh, I think we're going to have to sing songs that hopefully invite all of us to be human beings again. Yeah. Absolutely, guy. Like you said, we only have so many shots, only so many bites at this apple. So so let's let's uh, let's get to it, and I hope that we see each other in person soon and that our listeners and viewers will be able to enjoy not just Kokomo kid on Facebook, but the co the real deal uh, in person, which is a sight to see guy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Mr. Hefner. I look forward to seeing you again.